If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Escuchas ese rugido, sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Hello and welcome to Springboard Your Virtual University. My name is Albert Ukran. Welcome you to Ghana's favorite developmental program and that place where the greatest minds in the world converge. Springboard is brought to you by the Springboard Russian Foundation and proudly sponsored by MTM Pulse, the Enterprise Group and the Ghana Growth Program with media support from the Multimedia Group and the Graphic Business. So here we are in part seven of our series of conversations about job pathways. It's simple. Want to contribute to helping young people in Ghana and across Africa to discover and pursue decent and fulfilling jobs. And in doing that, we are focusing our attention on the fastest growing industries in the continent and seeing that if that's where the money is, your eye must be there. So we want to find out what you do in those spaces. What are the practitioners looking for? And how do you make yourself increasingly relevant in the spaces where the attention is the most. Today, we want to narrow in on one of the five industries that has come up in our conversations. And if you have not been with us from the beginning, we've been looking at five major industries, financial technology, food, real estate, e-commerce, and logistics are some of the fastest growing industries across Africa. So today, we want to look at logistics. What are the jobs in that space? What are the opportunities? The market is valued at 9.96 trillion for last year and expected to grow up to 14.37 trillion over the next five years, according to Davos. That is quite huge, and the opportunities are infinite. I'm joined today by the Vice President of the Chartered Institute of Logistics and Transport and also a member of a fellow of the Occupational Safety and Health Association of the UK, 
and his name is Ephraim Asari. Mr. Asari, thank you for coming. Thank you for the opportunity. They say logistics is where the money is, so they won't find out where the money is hiding your energy. <laughs> I surprised that he's been single at one of the fast mm. industries. Not at all. Not at all. If you are really close to the logistics space, you will not be surprised. The logistics has evolved from Adam and Eve. And after the Second World War, that is where some entrepreneurs realized that it is really important to understand logistics well, appreciate it, and see how it can drive civilization and industry. And that was the genesis of the Chartered Institute of Logistics and Transport. We'll go a bit more into, into the purpose and the functions of the Institute. But for the benefit of last week on my show, um, we were talking about global trends in jobs. My guest from the UK mentioned the fact that he arrived in Ghana with a parcel for somebody he had to deliver it to. And he was thinking of the burden of carrying the parcel to the person. He called the person, the person says, stay where you are. And within two minutes, there was somebody at the door to take the parcel. And in 15 minutes, the parcel was with the recipient and none of them moved an inch. The person sending the parcel, the person receiving. And that is logistics at the, at the very primary level. But help my, my listeners and viewers to appreciate the length, breadth, and width of the logistics sector. So, in simple terms, it's about the movement of an item from the supplier or the manufacturer all the way to the end user or the final consumer. Now, along this chain, a lot of things happen. There will be value added there are other intermediaries. Intermediaries, in this case, I'm referring to the middlemen who also play a major role in getting the product from the manufacturer to the final consumer. So, anytime something moves from one person to another, it involves logistics. And along the line in its movement, there are various stakeholders that play a role. You mentioned after the First World War, the, the need being evident, hence the formation of CILT. But I want to I I just even take it as recently as the turn of the century or the last 10 years or so. How significantly has your industry changed? Yes. Uh, you see, uh, taking some journey back, 10 years back, you realize that goose coming from overseas or maybe from the factory floor go directly to the buyer, one who is buying. Uh, he purchases it directly from whoever is selling or from the factory floor and it gets to the end. But right now as we speak, over the past 10 years, you realize that products leaving the manufacturer go through stages. Uh, people, there are three forms of the channel from the factory to the end user, either we, what we call inbound, and then we have a uh, processing, and then we have outbound. Now, the product comes from the supplier, and then it must go for some storage 
where stock taking is taken before it moves to whoever is coming to purchase or buy. And that is primarily warehousing. Now, at this stage, a lot of things happen to the product. Labeling, packaging, and all manner of making it uh, market attractive. So that is where the value is being added to the product. Now, you have to think of other players, actors in the, in the chain. What will be the channel of distribution? So is it going direct? No, if it's going indirect, it means other stakeholders coming to play. It will be warehoused, repackaged, and then a program for delivery. Uh, we call that one delivery orders. Uh, trans transport operators will have a role to play. Grocery shops, shopping malls, departmental stores, all of that coming. Other players are also the banks. Money is involved in moving commodity from one place to another. Microfinance companies will have to finance those, the traders, to be able to be financially equipped to move their products to the final consumer. So these are also job areas for people who are trying to enter the job market. So you realize that as the product moves from the supplier, it gets to a storage area, other players come, insurance companies, the banks, the transport operators, all of that, even consultants who advise as to how it should move, all come into play. So this is where you have a cluster of <laughs> operators and interested parties coming in. We, we normally refer to as the intermediaries or the middlemen. Senator so, Sari, as you describe these various steps in the value chain, and I count the the flow of things from the farm to the table or from the factory to the home, don't these various stages create costs, additional costs to the end user? Of course. But the good news is that the end user also appreciates what she has to contribute or he has to contribute for the item to get to him because he will not be able to go and purchase it directly himself. Uh, if we take a look around this place where we are sitting here now, all the items here from the four walls and the roofing and all the gadgets here, you ask yourself, how did they arrive here? It's all by courtesy of logistics. So whatever you have to pay for the cameras here and all of that, you know that uh, they came from a destination. Uh, the, the conversation should be, what is the margin of profit? That is what we should be talking to industry players to minimize profit in all of this. Then we'll have a very fair trading society. 
let me go on to the interrelationship between logistics and the four other areas that we are focusing on. And these are not exclusive. We know that there are other fast-growing industries like education, online education, and so on, healthcare. But for this series, we've been looking largely at the five I mentioned, food or the food value chain, and then um, financial technology, e-commerce, and then real estate, and then the fifth one being logistics. From where you sit, what is the interrelationship between these five sectors? Yes, uh, they that relate. Uh, seriously, you cannot decouple any of them from logistics. For instance, like I've said, financial technology. From the inception of whatever is the product is going to be, either is from the farm gate, either is from the factory floor, or wherever the supplier is starting from. Finance is key. Now, to obtain funds to run a product from the supplier to the end user, it, it is about money. How do you negotiate this money? How quickly does it come? And at what cost is key? So from day one, that particular stakeholder, who is the financial institution, has to start collaborating. You, you, you other comments area where a channel of distribution, where the transport operator comes in, he must move the cargo from one point to another. What is the cost involved? Financial institutions are also involved. So the major banks, the microfinance companies, um, uh, pension funds, all of that will have to come into play and operate as a team. Uh, for most of the time, you cannot be an island in logistics operations. But when you're talking about the logistics world, all these players come in. Uh, I'm very grateful you targeted the e-commerce, the financial technology. They, they are really key. They, they are the main players in this field, real estate. Uh, the United Nations have targeted the, uh, the what accommodation deficit at a certain percentage, which is so enormous. It means that real estate development, if people don't have where to lay their heads, how do they go about any activity? So you, you see the collaboration of all these entities and how they, they rub shoulders with logistics is what actually drives the e economy. Let me push forward into your area of specialization. I know you are a maritime person. You sleep, eat, and drink ships. Um, when I was young, a friend sold me the idea of stowing away. That's as much as I know about, about ships. Um, my growing up in Takradi, the harbor was very close. So we go and sit on the, on a rock and look at the ships. One day a friend said to me, you know, we can stow away and go to Europe. I said, hey, my friend, <laughs> he, he described it very nicely, but <laughs> today we look back and we can only laugh because it, it sounded very fanciful at the time. But yes. on a more serious note, um, tell us about, somebody said to me that if you visited the port and you sat down and understood what happens at the port, you will understand why the port is one of the biggest drivers of 
our economy. Help us to understand the maritime side of logistics. Good. The power it wields. 95% of world trade is seaborne. So the maritime space is really the driver of the economy. All the goods that enter our markets, our homes, factories, and elsewhere is carried by sea. And it is brought by the vessels. And so we have maritime transport and land transport to complete the cycle. And where these two interface is the ports. So nations with... Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Escuchas ese rugido, sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Ports, uh, don't joke with whatever happens there. Now, the ports serves as a link between maritime and inland transportation, and uh, it is a whole international space. You are dealing with foreign nationals bringing vessels and then the locals also administering whatever transpired there. So we have the regulatory agencies uh, led by customs, uh, shippers authority, food and drugs authority, um, uh, standards authority and a host of them with the Navy providing security and the Ghana Maritime Authority also ensuring that the right things are done. Now, the Ghana Ports and Harbors Authority, they have the administrative authority to see to it that they provide the enabling environment for all these players to function. So when the vessel comes, there is undaunting liability for all these agencies just to sit up and work with time. What is key about ports activity is this has to be done timely because vessels are scheduled and they work with time. Liner vessels, for instance, have a schedule and they have timelines as to how many hours they spend in each port. How quickly you dispatch your vessel from your port gives you a leverage to attract more vessels. So you realize that 
anybody working at the port cannot be working like the ordinary civil servant in the offices. Everything is time-bound. So, the port has a different environmental attitude for anybody working there. The stakeholders are aware of this. And please, if you don't have the passion to work in the maritime space, don't they? Because your negative attitude can hold the entire chain back. So you're seeing that considering the timeliness of how quickly things must move and the fact that ships coming to a port have a certain number of hours that they are, they are allowed or supposed to spend on the port, if any young person wants to work at the port and they don't have promptness and timeliness of the attitude, they won't succeed. Yes. Have you ever had to, have you, have you ever had to fire somebody for tardiness, being late, being lazy before? I have suspended a lot of staff who attitude show that they don't want to be team workers. Yeah, because um, uh, what is good, the experience that you gain is that you, you have a typical vessel coming from Europe or elsewhere. Now the crew on board is a mixed race. Some are white, some are blacks, and they are on their toes. The main purpose is how quickly did they discharge the cargo that they are bringing and how quickly they load. It's a two-leg thing. They are discharging and loading. Sometimes this is done simultaneously, depending on the nature of the vessel. So once the pilots navigate this vessel to berth, everybody, 24 hours, you must be on the alert. Uh -huh. So uh, when you are trained to go and work at the port, you are conscious of this kind of uh, attitude. So if you are lazy, it will show. Now, the IT systems, the, the system must also be alert so that there are no delays. That is why you have the opportunity even to process the, your papers in advance. Uh, for, uh, 72 hours before any vessel arrives, all the manifests and all the details are forwarded and it is known to all the regulatory agencies that work in the port, being customs, being a GPHA and all of them to process things in advance and they have a seven days rent-free period. So you realize that freight forwarders and all of that who has something to do with cargo delivery or whatever, they have ample time to even evade rent, seven days rent-free. And if you are smart, uh, you can clear your cargo at least without paying rent. And I know a lot of agents, clearing agents, who are so smart, who are so sincere to their customers, that their prompt attitude at least takes away rent, which reduces the cost of the item in one way or the other. Is that what you guys or you you folks at the port call demorage? Yes, that is demorage when your cargo goes on rent. And this demorage is paid either to the port and also to the shipping line. Okay. Because the containers that are coming are hired. 
So the longer the items remain in the container, the demorate that is paid to the shipping line and also rent to GPHA. Wow. This is Springboard Yobecha University unpacking the subject of logistics with Mr. Ephraim Asari, Vice President of the CILT. Is it the Ghana chapter of the Chartered Institute of Logistics and Transport? What we are trying to do is to understand the whole idea of logistics. It keeps getting bandied about, and they say it's a growing industry. What exactly is it? And he's been giving us a sense of, of the evolution and the, the length and breadth of the industry. Also helping us to understand the interface between logistics and the other fast-growing industries. But the point he has made that is catching my attention very much is what he calls the critical success factor. If you want to operate in logistics, whether you are a young person looking for work or you are a business providing service, he says timeliness is number one, timeliness is number two, and timeliness is number three. These are my words. You are saying that if you do understand time, you can work at the port. Exactly so. It says that every ship that comes has a certain number of hours they must spend at the port. And so if you delay and you work there, he will even fire you because you will just set them back. And I think that as he speaks, I'm sure all those who have business at the port and who work at the port are saying, Charlie, speak for us, speak for us. He said the young people come to the port to work must understand timeliness. Companies that work there must understand timeliness because if you do your work on time, at least you save yourself demorage and rent because you, you clear before the seven-day rent-free window. We'll go for a break. When we come back, let's find out job opportunities. Let's find out attitudes. Let's find out positioning. Let's find out his prediction about where the industry is likely to go going forward so you can plan and make your pre predictions about how jobs will open up in this part of our, our world or our economy that many have not been educated about the area of logistics. Springboard is brought to you by the Springboard Racial Foundation and proudly sponsored by MTM Pulse, the Enterprise Group, and the Ghana Growth Program. Please don't go away. Kojo Korea, I tried the Billy Goat. No, fall leaders in school time. I am sending you this WhatsApp audio because you are the group admin. Did I not sit in the same class with you? As them. It took the group more than three months to contribute only a thousand CDs for me. When it took just one week to contribute the same amount for Nana. Why? Looking faces. A situation like this can be avoided. Sign on to Alumni by Enterprise Live. Designed for members of all students' associations, you decide a fixed amount that covers the lives of members, their spouses, and two adult relations. Say bye-bye to unequal welfare contributions with Alumni by Enterprise Live. It's possible. Charlie, call Daniel on 0246-373653 or Karen on 050-162-7361. Dream big with us. Enterprise, your advantage. <laughs> Welcome back to Springboard, your virtual university, and to this conversation about jobs and opportunities in the area of logistics. If you know somebody who has aspirations of working in the logistics sector, we are finding out that it's apparently a very, very broad sector 
that brings various stakeholders into a value chain that runs either from, from factory to your home or from farm to your mouth. We are decoupling the various stakeholders in that value chain and the jobs that come with it. And my guest, Mr. Ephraim Asari, who is Vice President of CILT or the Chartered Institute of Logistics and Transport, has been helping us to understand how the value chain works. He's also showed us the interaction between the logistics industry or sector and various other players that we have mentioned as some of the fastest growing industries. But the most important point is made so far is about timeliness, promptness as being one of the most critical success factors for working in the maritime space. And I guess by extension, the entire logistics space, because the longer the things delay, the more the cost builds up. So Mr. Ephraim Asari, we've been talking about logistics, and I want to move on to a very um, interesting um, part of this conversation. As we look at the future and what portends in the area of logistics, if somebody is trying to explore the industry and wants to join CILT, let me ask you, the downstream side of the value chain, where the Uber drivers, owners, the taxi drivers, the vehicle owners, the dispatch companies, do they have a place in CILT? They do. Because with any enterprise, you need a little knowledge, productive, what I would call productive knowledge to be able to succeed. Now, uh, we are talking about 95% of world's trade carried by sea. So vessel, the port industry, and all of that carrying uh, products from uh, the factory floor, the farm gates to the final end uh, user, and all the actors in that chain need some level of knowledge to be able to collaborate and then seek information to succeed. Let's take a typical example of um, uh, a product. Uh, CILT is there to train all the people in that space to appreciate timeliness. If you have the no, you are you are a, a transport operator. You have a fleet of trucks sitting there, and then you want cargo, and you don't have the knowledge that even non-containerized cargo, conventional cargo like bag sugar, cement, and all of those things that they come conventionally on vessel arrive at the port, thousand plus tonnage. That will take days to discharge. You need trucks to convey them from the ship side to the warehouses. If you have some training, you will not just sit down in the house for the customer to run to your driver to say, Oh, I need your truck to go and eat to do ABC. You have a knowledge already that a vessel is arriving at Tema or Takra Report with so much tonnage, and your trucks will be useful. So you start making the arrangement 
with the cargo brokers. We call them cargo brokers who look for all other players that will make sure the cargo leaves the vessel to a warehouse. So your knowledge has helped you to, to get money. So you go, maybe if you have 35, 25 trucks, you have that contract. And then you know the time. You move your vehicles close to the port already, pending the arrival of the vessel. And then you have your contract done. Let's go on to, and, and, and I like this point you're making very much, because suddenly my mind goes to the fact that you can be, they say in the abundance of water, the pool is thirsty. You can be around and crying and lamenting that there are no jobs, no opportunities. But you're saying that if you join the CILT, apart from the training that you will get, that will expose you to trends in the industry, you're saying that just being there, you can be become aware of opportunities that you didn't know existed. And then you also can meet people who have access to these opportunities, who can who can help you. Yes. Is it very difficult to become a member? It's not difficult. Now, uh, we have the formal and the informal training sessions. Uh, for instance, uh, the formal training uh, with diploma, we have the courses, uh, you have certificate in uh, logistics and transport, six months. And then they take you through uh, transport strategy and policy uh, and, and all those related uh, sub, uh, topics. You can have a diploma at, uh, in transport and logistics. It takes you one year with two semesters. And then you have that certificate. And then the third level is advanced diploma in transport and logistics. That one you have to do some dissertation or present a thesis. And then you... Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado. Para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. I have that one awarded. It's equivalent to a degree. Hmm. Having gone through this, you are well aware of what you need to do. And then uh, get your uh, business running. With the informal sector, 
those who cannot go to school and do all the brain work, associations like the TPRTU and other uh, groupings, they organize uh, training sessions for them, kind of orientation workshop where they are educated, maybe uh, drivers as to how they should ensure that their vehicles are roadworthy and then portworthy. The difference between roadworthy and portworthy. You can have your uh, insurance and the roadworthy certificate for your truck, but it must be portworthy if you are going to carry container from the port. You must have the twist, twist locks fixed on the trailer. You must have a, a container belt also there. You must have a tarpaulin because you're going to carry any cargo from the port which is not in a container. There must be tarpaulin to cover it. And all these are safety issues. Safety. Let me find out from you. So is there a collaboration between, you mentioned the formal training through CILT. Then you mentioned the interventions by GPRTU and like organizations for the informal sector. Is there a collaboration between CILT and GPRT and those bodies? There's collaboration. For instance, every year, there's a transport, uh, there's a, a seminar for transport fleet operators organized by CILT, where they attend for a fee, a, a two, three day uh, workshop, and they are um, educated on the recent trends, current trends in the industry and what they're supposed to do in terms of safety and, and the best practices. Do you provide regulatory oversight? For instance, if a member does something that is out of order, can CILT sanction them? If, there's a, if there is um, something that, do you have, for instance, bylaws, rules, regulations that members should comply with and if they go out of order? Can you derobe them or sanction them? Do you have that much power? Oh, that one is already being done by the regulatory agencies. We provide you the knowledge what you're supposed to do. If you breach it, the appropriate institutions will deal with you. Yes. Fantastic. So let me let me still um, explore further. What are the challenges um, in the logistics space? Um, some of the challenges is that you see. Uh, the logistics space is a bit expensive. So, um, financial support is key. Where entrepreneurs are unable to assess loans from the banks to run the businesses in moving items from the ports or from the warehouses or the factory floors to the next stages, uh, it 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 is it, a concern. So you realize that uh, whilst people are willing to operate, they are handicapped when these supports are not coming. Now, uh, I think the government will also have to be a, a very to be proactive in supporting them so that they can stand on their feet, especially where there are trying times where the returns are not uh, so encouraging. Uh, we have just left the, we are in the post-COVID era. When really come to the impact of COVID on your sector, because I, somebody told me that the ports are 
relatively quieter now than they used to be before. Would that be the case? The case. Tell me what's happening. Is it Russia, Ukraine war? Is it is it COVID? Is it higher tariffs? Educate me. Combination of <laughs> it's, a it's a combination of all. And you, you see, port activity is so international that uh, what happens globally affects you. The the price of a 40-footer container coming from the Far East, Western Europe and Asia have almost doubled. I will not give you the figure. If you go, go and Google, you will see it. So now that nations are recovering from the COVID, the Russian, Ukraine menace, and all other factors, people also want to recoup what they've lost during the COVID era. Unnecessarily, uh, maybe the world that is something that uh, uh, is a canker, uh, margins of profit. Uh, people have to be a bit sincere uh, and recoup gradually, but others may not do that. They like to recoup everything overnight, and, and it casts a bad shadow on, on, on businesses. So yes, it is true. Uh, activity is not as vibrant as before, but uh, people are really determined and they are resilient to remain in that industry. It is one industry where um, there cannot be any stoppage. You realize that during the COVID era, a lot of enterprises were closed down, but the ports were never shut down. Uh -huh. uh, Activity continues even during the COVID era, and they've survived it. So that gives the confidence to the players in that particular maritime space to be very resilient and keep on hoping that things will be better. And and and, and the signs are that really there will be a recovery sooner or later, because we cannot stop importing items, we cannot stop exporting. And so that cycle continues. So you're saying that in people's quest to recover from the setbacks of COVID and so on, they should take the time, try and recover all their promise in one day. Yes. Let me talk about the young people. Is there hope for them? Young people who are looking for jobs in the ports, in the, in the, in the logistics value chain, is there hope for them? What should they do? You see, that is why some kind of education is also necessary. Now, if you look at the industry, some survey have shown that what are the things selling very fast on the market? Fruits and vegetables. And I'm happy some one of your models is about food. Mm. Fruits and vegetables are selling very fast. Cosmetics selling very fast. Health and pharmaceutical products are selling. Uh, mechanical items are also moving very fast. Mobile phone and accessories are all moving very fast on the market. Mm. So the question is this. If you look at Ghana's arable land and the good weather, 365 days in the year, we don't have volcanoes, we don't have tsunami, we don't have earthquakes prevalent in 
our part of the world. And the university graduates haven't got a certificate. They expect the government to build factories and employ them. That would be a mirage. Uh, our whole concept, the youth, should recalibrate their minds and do some rethinking that they can do something in these spaces and then promote trade in school. Let's take a simple scenario. When the term is coming to an end and you're in the dormitory and your provisions are getting finished, somebody gets Gary, he brings Gary, uh, another person brings a sheet of, somebody brings a tin fish, and then quickly you collaborate and then bring your little resources together, and then you soak and you have a meal. We can carry this to the professional space. The graduates should come together this is some of the things the CIT has been teaching those students that we have. Come together, get a proposal, even approach the banks with these proposals. They think into it, it is viable. And then you go into some small farming, market gardening. You put anything in the soil, it is growing. If you take, you travel on the major highways, on your both sides of the roadside, you see petty traders putting plantain farm products along the road. These are perishable items. They can quickly just go waste. There must be warehouses to take these things and then for the, the bigger government policy to pick them to factories for, for processing. Cassava abound, plantain abound, but they get ripe and they get wasted. If you take a garden eggs, okra, who is processing these things? These are potential job areas. And then we have millionaires, sitting investors, sitting down to look at proposals, see its viability and push money for it to go. Why should university graduates wait for government to build factories and absorb them. The private sector is the engine of growth. It's a mirage. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> I like so, your description. Yes. It's a mirage. So it, it, it's about time that our, our youth, you see, the, the knowledge we are, they acquire in education is supposed to make them be very robust and think beyond the, uh, the box. Let, Come, me, let, let, me, let, me talk, let me ask you a question on, um, on, on young women to close. Um, one of the things we are trying to do with this program is to encourage young women to venture into fields that have been traditionally dominated by males. And so let me settle on the logistics sector. Uh, recently, World Bank financed projects are creating opportunities for women to enter your sector in particular, that is logistics, and helping countries to take steps to remove barriers so that women can equally participate in these sectors that Sometimes you go to a particular sector and there are 10% women, 90% men. Well, the population is about 50, 50, 50 or 50, 50, um, 49. What do you think of interventions that, that create space for women to enter into areas that have traditionally been the preserve of men? Yeah, you are right. Um, uh, our institute, at the moment, we have about 350 active women. Call them 
women in logistics and transport freelance. And we encourage and promote uh, the art and science of logistics transport. And they are having some high positions in society. If you take the aviation industry, a lot of women in there holding high positions. If you come to the port, in the current director of port, it's a lady. If you go to the headquarters level, they are there in the as general managers and all of that. You go Ghana Shippers Authority, the current uh, CEO is a lady, and, and, and all over the place. So they are really, the women are really taking up uh, the challenge. And interestingly, they, they do due diligence in their positions, and which is uh, serving as a role model to others to join. So it is no longer a male-dominated area. If you go to the port, for instance, there are women who are operating forklifts at the mechanical department. If you go to Takrari Container Terminal, women are operating uh, forklifts and so on and so forth. And uh, we have slots with the United Nations Food Program who are training electricians. And most of the ladies are offering themselves to do that. And that's, that's progress. That is progress. Yes. Thank you very much, Mr. Ephraim Asari. You've been great of great help to us in understanding your industry. Now, when I talk about logistics, I'll talk with a bit more confidence because I know I've gotten quite a good briefing. So for those who love taking notes like me, just remember that Mr. Asari has been sharing with us first about the evolution of the industry and especially after the First World War, the focus on the fact that logistics was seen as something that can grow world economies led to the formation of CILT. He's also, also been telling us, about, telling us about the value chain, the length of it, and the kind of jobs it creates, and that was quite impressive. He says the various parts of the value chain may create some cost, but they also create a lot of value and convenience for the end user. He says the five fastest growing industries are totally related, and not surprisingly, he says logistics is connected to all of them. Everybody sees the world based on the, the part of the world that is important to them. He says 95% of world trade is seaborne, and the port is the junction between maritime transport and land transport. And in that space, there are several key players operating. The next point is about how to succeed at the port, whether you are a young job seeker or you are a company seeking business there, he says it is timeliness, timeliness, and timeliness. He also adds that if you are lazy and you are not on time, you are not likely to succeed at the port because everything you do comes at great cost. He also says that various players in the transport, the up end, middle end, lower end of the value chain must all sign up to CILT because it gives you priceless training as well as networks and knowledge about parts of the industry where opportunities are. He says even in the informal sector, there are collaborations that allow GPRTU and so on to provide guidance for players in that space on safety and other important aspects of logistics.
He shows us the various courses that are available and also the challenges, especially that of capital in the, in the logistics sector. He ends by touching on the challenges in the port area arising from global developments and sees that it's, it will not last because we will by all means need to continue importing and exporting and there is hope. He challenges young people who are looking for jobs to focus on the fact that there are need areas that are coming and he mentions among others fruits and vegetables, cosmetics, health, pharmaceutical products, mobile phones and accessories as areas that seem to be driving very fast in terms of demand and therefore people should look at opportunities in that area. But he ends by saying, no matter what, my dear friend, if you are a young person, look at the agri-business value chain because obviously we all eat. And because of that, with arable land and good weather, there is absolutely no excuse, says Mr. Ephraim Asari. In my summary, I left out the young woman. I think that's the point that made me the most excited. You're yes. saying that they are in the CILT um, zone, there are women in logistics and transport. Yes. Willard, you see, they have very powerful people. There are about 350 of them. Yes. And many of them are in very senior management positions. Yes. They also add that even um, on the factory floor or the port floor also, many of them are stepping up now to um, to do drive the forklifts and yes. so on. And that is what we do here. We call it ATVET, trying to look at the TVET and how women can be very actively Involved in it. Your closing thoughts, Mr. Yes. The, there is this reverse logistics. Yes. After the product has reached the final consumer, we have a reverse logistics where sometimes the non use product is returned to the manufacturer. So it takes the reverse form of the inflow back to the manufacturer. Mm. This sometimes for reconditioning, sometimes for relabeling, sometimes for repackaging, you know, the way the item is packaged to the final consumer, it might not be completely destroyed. So it is taken back to the supplier for its disposal or recycling or uh, refurbishment and all of that. Certain items who are for rental equipment, for rental, you know, some of these uh, consultants from outside when they come for temporary uh, usage. So it is returned to the manufacturer or whoever sells. So that is a return logistics, reverse logistics. So a lot of people can even take these contracts and then do the reverse logistics for a fee. So that is also one uh, uh, potential. <laughs> have, you, have you heard the term Jew too? <laughs> I tell you something, I had never thought about that. You see? But now you're saying it, even rejects that have to go back, even things that, it's, it's a, it's, I had never considered that part of it. You know what? We must do this again. We must do this again. <laughs> Thank you very yes, much, uh, Mr. Ephraim Masari, yeah, for yeah. educating us about logistics. And the more we get to open up these various industries, the more we see that if we do things right, every young person can find decent and fulfilling work 
and live out their God-given potential. The seven points of logistics is that you must get the right product. Okay. It must be in the right condition. It must be in the right quantity. It must be at the right time. It must be at the right place. It must be at the right price. It must be going to the right customer. Oh, yeah. I like that. I like that. Okay, so concluding thoughts, right products, right condition, right quantity, right time, right place, right price, and right quantity. I, you should give me a degree, a, a, a certificate. You have already passed. You should give me an advanced diploma. Yeah, 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 yeah. Consider me and give me some <laughs> advanced diploma and let me become a part of CILT. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ephraim Asari, for joining us for this very insightful conversation. And our regards to the entire team at CILT and also at Willat. Thank you. Hello to you, Samuel Hagan. I know you are very interested in this conversation and Dr. Ebu Hammond, my two friends in logistics, I know you are listening very intently and I'm sure that you are enjoying, but supply chain experts, I'm sure you are enjoying this conversation. I wish you the very best along with your families. And so to all of you out there listening, this has been another edition of Springboard, your virtual university. And I trust that your knowledge about logistics has been enhanced by this conversation with Mr. Ephraim Asari. Tune in again next week as we expand our conversation about jobs and about the growing industries in Africa and where you should look. There's a big one coming up about food. Everyone sees food, food, food. Get ready, we'll unpack agriculture and agribusiness in a very big way going forward. But till then, let me say a big thank you to our sponsors, NTN Paul, the Enterprise Group, and the Ghana Growth Program. Till then, my name is Albert Okran. Saying thank you to also our media partners, the multimedia group, and the graphic business. My name is Albert Okran. God bless you. God bless you. And God bless you. He's Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 